forever. Dog. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast, Scary Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod. It's a podcast about scary stories, urban legends, ghostly rumors, and haunts, 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 haunts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, please excuse my dear haunt, Sally. You know? (laughs) Sally is a a name for ghosts. If your name's Sally, (laughs) sorry, you're a ghost. That is very true. Um, How are you doing, Anna? I'm doing good. It's been nice weather, and uh, I find myself naturally saying all the things that I used to hate about LA podcasters, mm-hmm. and I do identify first and foremost as a podcaster, yes, and yes. then woman, and then American, <laughs> and then woman again, <laughs> um, and then like a girl who would wear a baby doll T-shirt that says "Future Corpse" on it. That's my like yes, identity. Yeah. Um, wow, but- Future Corpse is it? Is that already a thing? Is that a well-established shirt? It might not be as well established as I think it is, but I do follow enough mortician YouTubers to um, have a sense of what other people are likely to know. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, Let's see. I mean, nothing else to report. It's all just, it's all just stuff on our, you know, I'm just on one block of, of area. I, I've forgotten how to speak to people. <laughs> One block of area is correct. Those are all like spell check wouldn't pick that up. Yeah. It does feel like, um, you know, in the others, when Nicole Kidman leaves her house and then when she gets a certain distance, everything just turns into white fog. That's kind of how I feel when I leave my block now. I'm just sort of wow. like, is any of this okay? Like, that is it possible right. for me to leave three blocks of my, the radius of my home? I think I am ready to, I have not seen the others and I think that I'm ready to start um, watching scary movies because those people didn't have COVID. That's true. How bad could it really be? You know, honestly, the others is, as you will see, I do think the others is really a horror movie of our moment right now because it's about people stuck in their house and they're sick. And so they have to stay in the house. It's just a lot of them ordering Uber Eats and being like, mm, like watching the driver like a hawk on their app. Like, Yeah, it's a lot of shouting from the couch, thank you so much, and trying to sound as genuinely friendly as possible. Yeah, and being like, no, but like, go away. <laughs> I think I think one of the most uncomfortable exchanges I've had, because, you know, the, everything's like con- contactless now. And mm-hmm. by the way, everybody, if you're ordering food, remember, if you can order food, you can order to tip a little bit extra. Like... 20% is the absolute minimum. Uh, everyone needs as much help as they can get. So don't don't be doing that like 15% tip that like Seamless gives you as the first option. Like bump it up to 20 at the least. At the um, fucking least. Yeah. And if you can do more, do that. But but 20 is the bare minimum. That should be it always. I'm sorry to go on that little tangent. Yeah. Um, also like uh, call the restaurant directly if they're a restaurant that can and will fulfill orders. That's a really directly, good point. Yes. I, I need to do that more often. I know a lot of people are afraid of the phone. I've, I'm a phone apologist. I'll die a phone <laughs> apologist. Get on that phone. That's another yeah. shirt. I'll die a phone apologist. I think that's really yes. good. Yes. Um, but this, I had this exchange with a delivery person who was having a hard time getting into our building. So like I uh, put on my mask and I went down to help. And then 
um, it was delivery and she was like, just reach into the delivery sack for your pizza. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I reached into it and it just felt, it was like a, like a, I don't want to say like a fur interior, but I think it kind of was. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. Like the inside of the sack was like faux fur. <laughs> Do you think she did that on purpose because she wanted you to um, feel nice? I don't know. It didn't. It. I'll tell you this much. Because the heat of the pizza is radiating into this faux fur, it, it was not a pleasant feeling to touch. It was a sh- real shock. It felt like you were helping a pizza mother give birth vaginally <laughs> to a pizza. Anna, that is exactly how it felt. <laughs> mother pizzas are famously hairy. Uh, <laughs> they, they In, grow on their the coat. inside. Yeah. Yes. It's a tom-tom. <laughs> the opposite. Yeah, right on so, the outside. Yeah. That's um I, yeah, that, I I guess right off the bat that's already my scary thing that happened to me this week. Um that's but yeah, good. it was a good it it's been fine, you know, really. I mean, we can't, you know, we're we're doing okay, so can't complain too much. Can't complain except to our elected officials, which Boy, is that I feature. yes. <laughs> Andrew, I love to think about how your conversations go. I mean, is it it's mostly probably voicemails and stuff, but Yeah. you're just the most kind phone person that I've learned I've learned directness from friends when it comes to politicians, you know? <laughs> that is another good t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think we we have enough we have enough friends who have worked for political campaigns where I've learned like yes. what's effective and what's not effective. And I will say a thing that was a big old bummer is um, some politicians when you send them an email, they respond with something that seems like a personalized email like um, I sent uh, the governor of Colorado uh, an email about reopening the investigation for Elijah McClain, and I got an email back that was like, Andrew, thank you so much for your questions about COVID-19. Please let oh. – and then I was like, oh. And then I thought, I, I thought hopefully that it was a mistake. And so I responded. I was like, hi, I did not – ask about COVID-19. I'm asking about opening this investigation and holding the people responsible for his death. And then I got that email again, which was a bummer because I tried the phone line and the mailbox was full. So Okay, look, you are not the governor of South Dakota. You are no. not the, the state controller of Colorado. <laughs> you are the governor of a state that has big mountains. Yes. You should have a better canned response system. That's so embarrassing. It was really, it was really embarrassing. And I'm surprised I haven't seen more about it. I got, I I got an email, like I was exchanging emails with um, one of my reps and she said that she had the same experience and it was a big bummer. I mean, I guess the investigation is being opened, which is good, but it, it is frustrating when you feel like you can't get in touch with politicians, but you just still keep trying. I do think that's very yes. important, whether it's phone or email. The volume, um, the volume is a big deal. Yes. When, when I've gotten someone on the phone, it, it sounds like I'm uh, like a teenage boy in a movie trying to ask someone out. Like, I <laughs> uh, just, you were, uh, it, I was told to me that you <laughs> are, um, need to, because the citizens are you work for us <laughs> i know They're like are, do you want the um are you looking for a like a hotline or are you <laughs> but honestly i think once you like i've i've done phone banking a bunch of times and it is the most excruciating thing for the first 20 minutes and then you get the hang of it and everything's fine and i do think it's like i don't know everyone can endure a little bit of discomfort social discomfort if if i can i think anybody can Um, so yeah, but 
you know, that's been where my complaints have been going lately. Yeah. And um, something that I have been fortunate to do, and this is just directed to people who haven't lost income and are able to, um, yeah. if you're donating, donating, um, <laughs> do you want to go to prom with me for um, <laughs> social justice? Because we take care of us. And that's just something that I heard. Um, <laughs> that, uh, set up recurring donations for smaller amounts because these yeah. organizations are a lot of times small and they need to be able to predict their budgets and um, big influxes. No one's complaining about that. But if you are, in a position yeah. to donate, um, spread it around too. And I think um, I got some good advice from our friend Mary Amelia Beyer, who hosts another really awesome horror podcast called Everything Trying to Kill You. With um, yeah, she, she's very so great. And we, the other two co hosts are excellent. We've both been guests. They're just the most, and they both have perfect podcast voice, not to yes. like sort of essentialize having a nice voice, um, but listen to it. Everything trying to yeah. kill you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so great. And Mary Amelia Beyer gave this great advice where she was like, if you can support like convenience stores or grocery stores or like essentials uh, stores that are black owned, then that's like one way that you can make sure that you're not like just doing a one-time purchase or a one-time donation. It's like you're right. actually um, supporting a business, which is really great. Yes. Yeah. Not just like, um, masks or like uh home goods that you would only buy one of like businesses that are refillable yeah which i thought was like a handy little thing especially if yeah because i know good lord um i've been unemployed since march and it's a big old pain in the neck and very scary and so i know that if if um if folks are in a position where you you can't donate um if folks are in a position where you can't donate then if you have to do shopping anyway, then that's one way to like yes. feel like you're part of improving the situation um, without uh, putting yourself into further financial distress. Yes. It also like it has been enough time since the beginning of this particular uprising that I think a lot of the black owned businesses that were sort of shocked by the overwhelming increase in business. I think it's yeah. like I saw ESO on books, which is in L.A., is now accepting online orders. Oh, that's great. Um, it's amazing. So it's a good time if you're, yeah, if you're going to like buy a book on Amazon, light, light your body on fire. Don't, <laughs> don't do, do that. I know yeah. how easy it is, but you mustn't do it. You mustn't. Um, but yeah, so that's, so if you're going to buy some scary books, do it there, which brings yeah, us to, it you. Hey, it's been, it's been 12 minutes, which is the Mark Marin established uh, time zone of uh, beginning chatter. Yes. And so now, and some and we've been really good lately, I will say, yes. about getting right into it. So we're giving ourselves a little wiggle room today. We are primarily a political podcast. This is Podsafe yes. Ghost America, and <laughs> Bod Bod. I think I tried to say Pod Pod, pod Grave Ghost America. <laughs> um, wow! Wow! Makes you think. Um, but yeah, basically like we're, uh, we're two friends, we're comedians and it's a chatty <laughs> podcast. And like, we think we deserve that because of like generations of entitlement. So exactly. Yes. But we also love ghost stuff and that's mm -hmm. what we're going to talk about this month we're doing. Um, and by month, I mean like could be forever. could be just the summer. <laughs> we're missing the vibe of summer camp, which a lot of summer camps are canceled. So we're doing campfire stories sent by you, the listeners, which you can send to scarystorypod at gmail.com mm -hmm. uh, or to our socials on Instagram at scarystory underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram. That's correct. Anna, you did that so seamlessly. I, I famously can never get our social handles out and sound like a human being. Mm. 
Well, I just took a sip from a seltzer that will remain nameless because I do think that we deserve a seltzer sponsor. Oh, that's all I'll that's, say. That is a great – because seltzer is the ghost of soda. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Did we just discussed this this week or am I having deja vu? Did we? I don't recall it. I don't. If we have, again, the Chris Ryan Memorial Fund for podcast, <laughs> podcast repetition, repetition. <laughs> it's really thriving. dollars in the jar. Really um, thriving of in course, this time. that does go to fund um, uh, weapons manufacturing. So yes. Chris a is a, a big supporter of the military industrial complex. Um, <laughs> that is that is a joke. Please he's, don't come for him. He's a very he's a, peaceful person. He's a BF, a big fan. Um, <laughs> great. So we're going to we're gonna go into the treasure trove today. We're very excited to bring you two listener stories. Ew. Um, um, would you like to go first, Anna, or should I? What's the preference? You always seem to know. So I'm going to go with you. Okay. Okay. I will I'll, – I'll pop in. All right. Great. Let's see. Okay. This one comes from Samantha. Hi, Anna and Andrew. I just started listening to your podcast and wanted to share some scary stories. Ooh, plural. I used to work at a country club in Buffalo, New York, where everyone had their own ghost story to tell. Wow. <laughs> what a country club. Buffalo, New York is not a place that I associate with being like – high society rules oriented. <laughs> I, the, the stories I've heard from Buffalo have been universally party-ish. <laughs> yeah. I, my future sister-in-law is from Buffalo and it sounds like they have a great time there. I'm not aware of a lot of ghost stories, but it's, it's snowy there for much of the year. So what yeah, else? Do you do? It's deeply cold. My good friend, Allie lives there and they um, it's, it's very cold. That's the end of my story. Really? <laughs> <laughs> the end. Okay. Okay. The club was founded in 1889. It had moved buildings twice, so the building I worked in was built in the 1920s. It has underground tunnels for staff to move around without being seen by members. Oh, no. Oh, that's – yeah, that's an old-timey hotel thing is like the service entrance. and That is wild. Cruise ships have big um, hallways that people – the guests don't see at all. You're kidding. Oh, I get that. Okay. Uh, The tunnels are just as terrifying as they sound, long, damp, and poorly lit. My own spooky story, however, takes place in the upstairs bathroom. (laughs) You never expect the upstairs bathroom. No, the downstairs one, anything goes, but upstairs you typically feel safe. Underground tunnels. Oh, okay. I was sitting in the bathroom that both members and staff were allowed to use. Oh. Wow. It's a progressive country club. (laughs) At our country club, you're allowed to look at the doorman in the eye. You're... Okay, uh, this this bathroom was behind two sets of doors, so you had to enter the mini hallway and go down about five feet to get to the bathroom door. <laughs> Honestly, I was hiding on my phone, avoiding avoiding work for a bit, when I heard the handle move. Yes. I looked up and said, I'll be right out, but no one answered. So I figured maybe they went to a different bathroom. Anna, this is the thing that stresses me out more than anything in the world. Oh, bathroom traffic patterns. Bathroom traffic patterns when you're in the bathroom. This is, I'm going to say this super short. It was one of the most traumatic experiences of my life. I was doing a show in Philadelphia. Um, The bathroom, the men's room was not, the lock wasn't working and I had to use it. It was out in the lobby. I was about to go on and I asked my friend to guard the door to make sure no one went in. And truly, like five minutes in, uh, the door opens wide. There is an old man staring at me. A whole crowd of people look and see me on the toilet. And I, in a panic, stood, <laughs> which is <laughs> the worst thing in the world to do. No. 
and um, and then the man was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, and closed the door. And I was mortified to find out that he was my friend Benj's grandfather. <laughs> oh my god. And um, and yeah, it was uh I I could not meet anyone. I after the show, I was just like, I can't see anyone for as long as I live. Um, so that explains my trauma connected to bathrooms. Benj's grandpa has seen my penis at theater.com <laughs> is a I good t-shirt. <laughs> um, uh, so, okay. So Samantha said, I'll be right out, but no one answered. So, uh, I figured they maybe went to a different bathroom. Then I heard the handle again and looked up and the handle on my side of the door was moving down very slowly. <laughs> I froze and said, hello? No one answered, and the handle kept turning like it was moving in slow motion. I got chills and goosebumps all over while I just sat there and watched. The handle got all the way down, but the door didn't open. The handle then sprung back into place. I got up and went out into the hallway, into the main room, and no one was there. The wildest part is that I had locked the door, so if someone was on the outside, the handle would only be able to jiggle a bit, but the handle went all the way down. So it had to be turned from the inside of the bathroom. (gasps) Oh, no. I didn't talk about it to anyone because I was so scared. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite story was from a maintenance man. He was down in the tunnels sorting the recycling when he heard a loud noise. He looked up and saw a two-by-four plank of wood fall off the wall, hit the ground, and slide down from the end of the hallway until it reached his feet. (gasps) I'm like, I'm guessing, which is like a totally horizontal thing. That's so strange. He ran upstairs and refused to go back down until somebody went with him. The two-by-four was still right where he had been standing. The last story I have is about the downstairs bar kitchen tunnels. Oh, The downstairs kitchen is small and terrible, (laughs) (laughs) and it gets incredibly hot back there. There is a dish pit behind the kitchen. A dish pit? Dish pit. Is that – that must be a – what is that? Can someone help us? I'm going to look it up. Uh, there's a dish pit behind the kitchen that has a cutout window to the hallway, and that's where the walk-in cooler is located. Before I worked there, one of the chefs started to overheat and went into the walk-in cooler to cool down for a bit. He was actually having a heart attack, and he passed away in the cooler. (gasps) Now, every once in a while, a staff member will run out of the hallway completely freaked out, saying that they saw a man's face in the window of the dish pit. But when they looked again, no one was back there. People who worked with the chef that passed will just respond that it's him and he haunts the downstairs kitchen, which is a completely wild thing to be totally cool with. (laughs) This is a nightmare for a hundred reasons. One of them, the biggest reason that I I feel bad about ghost stories about like businesses is that that ghost is still at work. I know. You have to still be at work. That's Um, A dish pit is like where they wash all the dishes in a commercial kitchen. There's like the, the sink in the, the drying area. Um, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, this message is way too long, and I'm sorry. No, it's not. It's fine, Samantha. But I hope you enjoyed my stories. I have more, but they are less interesting. Okay, I do want to read this P.S. Okay. P.S. In one of the episodes I listened to recently, you talked about hearing people talk in their sleep. So I thought I might share that too. My boyfriend has done this twice. The first time, I was visiting him in England where he went to grad school. He sat straight up in the middle of the night, which woke me up, looked at me, and said, Get your shoes. The war is coming. (laughs) I said, What? And he repeated himself. I asked him if he was asleep, and he got super upset and said, I'm not asleep, and promptly crashed back down on his pillow. (laughs) The second time we were in bed at our apartment, I was still awake, but he had already fallen asleep. He sat up and started moving the pillows around and asked me, where is the aioli? (laughs) 
<laughs> Apparently, he was looking for the aioli we brought home from a restaurant under our pillows. I told him it was in the fridge. He said, okay, good, and laid back down. He doesn't remember either of these. Stay spooky and healthy, Sam. <laughs> oh, this is, you need to marry this man. I, Not to essentialize um, marriage. No, but, but good Lord. That, the t- these are the two best sleep talking stories. I, I, it is, it makes me laugh so much, especially because today I had a nap nightmare um, no. where I, I dreamt I was, I was in the middle of a plane crash and I was like, the plane was crashing and I went to text Chris before we hit the ground to be like, I love you. And I texted, I love you, honey. But instead it autocorrected and it just said sweaty honey. And then I woke up. <laughs> And In I, some universe, that is what happened. I know. And what scared me about that is like, imagine if that was the last text your partner got from you before you died in a fiery crash. I do think that that would be extremely comforting to Chris. Sweaty honey. Sweaty honey. He would then, knowing Chris, he would um, try to game out what the autocorrect would have been. That's exactly. On, like misspellings of different phrases. That's exactly um, true. I think that would be good. I, I just love the high stakes um, man, a nap nightmare too is very. Uh, yeah, those are super intense. But these are so good, Sam. These wow. are amazing. Um, I love that it's an extremely high stakes thing that the war is coming, and also extremely high stakes about low stakes. Whereas the yes. yeah, I know. Uh, it, it I was know. just too much flavor. His sleeping brain couldn't handle it. I think. Well, first of all, a thing that I didn't realize is that aioli is just mayonnaise with garlic, which. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure it was made of something different, but no, but it makes all the difference. I love, well, and there's a good bit of advice in here for from Sam's boyfriend, which is you should keep a pair of good walking shoes near your bed at all times. Oh, in case the war is coming. In case the war is coming, in case you lose the aioli, um, in case there's an earthquake or something, you should have it on hand or in case there's a fire and you got to get out fast. It's just good to have thick soled shoes somewhere near your bed. God, that's good. Um, what's his name? Jason? I was going to say Aaron. My, my friend from high school. Uh, Jason and I just got a shoe rack and we feel obligated to put all of our shoes on it at oh, all yeah. times. So yep. I will now move a pair of shoes. Yeah, shoe racks are, are, are I think, a sign of adulthood and um, yes. dignity. There's one that costs $138 that I think is sexy like a boy. And <laughs> I'm not going to buy it because that is an insane amount of money per- to pay for something that I will <laughs> not use and just put my shoes right above a flight of stairs like I always do. <laughs> Instagram knows that I like it and it's the only thing I see. But I, I, I think about it a lot. Chris and I are devastated because we have an incredibly sexy coat rack that is just useless in California. But our friend Val, uh, Val Graham got it for us for our wedding. And it's such oh. a good coat rack. Um, oh my God, that's amazing. But it's a very New York coat rack. It doesn't quite, it, it's not, it's not very L.A. You could put like um like kerchiefs on it, like a bandana. Oh, yeah. Yes. But sort of hats. I don't know. That's a good one. Uh Sam, this was a true treat. Also a high concentration of good stories in one email, and you got them out pretty quick. I'm very impressed. Sam, these are if those are if you if that was in the PS, you've got good stories in there and we encourage you to send them. Yes. And yes. we'll let you know if they're bad because I don't <laughs> think they will be. Um Thank you, Sam. Yes, thank um, you. Cool. Well, I I have a story from you guys. You know what? You never know when the world's going to end. 
have life is uncertain. Eat dessert first, as my mother's um, favorite nightshirt from my childhood once said. Um, <laughs> and why wait to bring you the best of the best? We have another story from friend of the pod, Ayan. Ayan. Ayan famously brought us an uh, amazing sleepwalking story mm-hmm. and uh, months ago brought us an amazing gin story, which is the origin of genies, sort of a, yes. uh, a, you know, a, a fun sort of scare. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ayan has graced us with yet another gin story. This is called Gin Part Two. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Ayan, for being a friend of the pod and um, and, and that's all. I don't know. I'm shy. I get shy when I like people, <laughs> whatever. Um, cool. So this is gin part two. Here we go. Hello, lovelies. Here's another installment of the gin corner. <laughs> <laughs> gin and tonic. Gin and t- sort of fun. Maybe yeah. you should really be a, like a marketing, um, sort of consultant for, for gins in general. Yeah. If this doesn't work out, if this podcast doesn't work out, I'm going to do that. Yes. I think it's not working out. I think you can just do that. <laughs> no, we're good. We're okay. kidding. Um, on a recent show, Andrew seemed shook by the idea of gin having restaurants and stuff we would never know about. And it made me think of this story. Oh, yeah. So the idea is that gin have their own like little world and economy. Yes. Stuff. They exist in another dimension. Yeah. Yes. And they sort of visit us because they're like, they kind of feel bad for us a little bit. And they also want to be involved with us. But sometimes, and they're just too smart and too capable. So sometimes they get into hijinks. Yes. Am I remembering this right? Yep. Yep. That's true. The brain. The brain quit years ago, but uh, (laughs) I still got to live. Okay. My mom told me this story so often while growing up, the lesson is more of a moving target at this point, but here it goes. There was a man named Abdul who worked at his family store just outside of the desert. It was busy in the mornings and evenings, but he was always alone uh, when he started to close up at night. One night, a beautiful woman came in and approached the counter. When he heard the bell jingle, Abdul let out a sigh. He was about to ask whoever it was to leave until he looked up. She was so beautiful that he couldn't even speak. Parentheses. Insert descriptors of normative colonial beauty standards here. Close parentheses. <laughs> <laughs> she was fill in the blank bullshit. Beauty myth. Blah. <laughs> hey, um, this is great. Hey, um, you're our friend. Sorry. She wore a long flowing gown with a loose scarf over her parentheses pantine quality hair. <laughs> She asked, Pantene to me, I know that they're, I know it is not the most expensive shampoo, but because of their marketing campaign, I will just always think of it as. Oh, I'm a sucker for it. I think I, I think I used Pantene throughout all of my twenties because of that. Well, I have to say Jason is, unfortunately, I'm going to be upfront about it. I am learning and listening. He is in his twenties. Um, and he, we do have Pantene in our house yeah. and you know I, what? It's right. Best shampoo in the world. <laughs> um, she, uh, long flowing gown, loose scarf over Pantene quality hair. She asked him for some basic supplies and he was very quick to serve. What if this was just erotica that Ayan has written? <laughs> I would honestly, if, if Ayan tricked us into reading <laughs> fictional erotica, I would, I, I'd be like, you know what? She's earned it. That is surprising your friend with a nice gift is <laughs> sending them what they think is an email and is actually just erotica. Okay. <laughs> Once she paid, she gave him a bashful smile and headed for the door. He called to her and asked her name. I am Yasmin. Have a good night, Abdul. With that, she left. It wasn't until the next morning that he wondered how she knew his name. He wasn't worried. He was just hopeful that she would return that night. She did. She continued to visit him every night for a week. They spoke about the village, his family, and the store, all about his life. 
Whenever he would ask her a question, she would redirect it back to him. He ate that shit right up. (laughs) That's right. Jin, they sort of manifest as exactly what it is that we want. Yes. Serve us. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, It's complicated, but... Yeah, a girl who like comes to your work and just hangs out and asks you questions, I think, is the the dream for a I know. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. One night, Yasmin told Abdul that she wouldn't be able to visit him anymore. He became very upset and asked her why. She said her family wouldn't approve. This surprised him as his family was beloved in the village and he knew no family would deny having him as a son. <laughs> I, need to, I wish that if I asked a guy out and I said no, or if a guy asked me out and I said no, he would say, who would deny having me as a son? I think that is very. That would that, work for me. We have known many comedians like this. <laughs> this is a lot of people. I gotta yeah. say, I would name names, but I don't feel like um, uh, having new, new, new hobbies. Yeah. Um, okay. He pushed and pleaded and asked if he could speak to her family himself. She said they would have to travel as they didn't live in the village. That didn't deter him. So she told him they had to leave immediately, and he did. She told him to close his eyes and hold her hand. He jumped at the chance. When he opened his eyes, he saw the most beautiful city he's ever seen. Everywhere he looked, he saw beauty, lush greenery, gold and silver on every building. He told Yasmin that only a city this beautiful could hold a beauty such as herself. Parentheses. Nice. He's got a lot of game. This is good. He met her family. They all wore long flowing gowns and wraps, just like Yasmin always wore. They fed him and showed him such warm hospitality that he was willing to commit to living there forever. Then when Abdul was walking to the bathroom, he saw Yasmin's grandfather. He was the first person he saw wearing pants. And that's when Abdul saw it. His feet weren't feet at all. They were hooves. Once he noticed, he realized everyone had hooves. He saw them peeking out under gowns and tablecloths. Every single person in Yasmin's family had hooves. He ran to her. Oh, God. Something just fell in the kitchen. Uh, Ghost. I mean, uh, it's definitely not the pile of seltzer cans. It's ghost. Um, um, he ran to her, asked what was going on. And while he was babbling at her, it dawned on him that he had never seen her feet. He asked Yasmin to lift her hem. She gave him the saddest look he had ever seen. And while he didn't mean to upset her, he had to know. Instead, she placed her hand gently on his face and said, I'm sorry. Then everything went black. When Abdul woke, he was in the shade of a tree in the desert near his village. The sun was slowly rising. Once he was more aware of his surroundings, he began to panic. He ran into the village yelling Yasmin's name. He stopped everywhere he saw, knocked on doors, and yelled to the heavens. Finally, he realized he was becoming a spectacle. He felt defeated and embarrassed. Eventually, he went to open his store, but no customers came all day. As he was preparing to close up for the night, an old man came in. He recognized him as the village fool. He was so lonely, he didn't kick the man out. Hey, tag yourself if you're the village fool. (laughs) I, boy, oh boy, am I ever. It's a boy in my hometown named, um, like, Buckley or something. Like, his last name is... (laughs) (laughs) Buckley Cooper. Two last names. Unacceptable. (laughs) He said, how may I help you? The man replied, parentheses, old man voice, please. Okay, here we go. (laughs) It is I who can help you. I heard you calling a woman's name all morning. (laughs) Yes, Yasmin. 
Do you know her? I did when I was young. That gave Abdul pause. When were you younger? The old man nodded solemnly and said, I thought I loved her. Abdul remained silent. The man continued, She asked me to love her, join her in her world, and I'd have everything I could ever want. But when the time came to show her my worthiness, I failed. I know she and her family are jinn, but I would give anything to go back. With that, the man left the store, leaving Abdul all alone. This is one of the rare stories that show jinn as not terrifying temptation monsters. I also like to imagine that Abdul becomes the next village fool, but maybe that's too harsh of a lesson. Thanks and have a great quarantine, Ayan. Wow. I love this. I really, Ayan, consider consider starting your own podcast about... Um, about gin stories. A hundred thousand times better than I've ever been at my best moment. Wow, wow. This is really good. Gin are really fascinating. It's kind of because they're they're so much bigger than like our conception of like genies or like evil spirits. Like yes. they're more morally complicated like we are, you know? Yes. It's they're they are sort of like a more interesting angels. Like they're not humans, but they exist around us and yeah. I also will say that this email, uh, she sent this to us on March 18th. So we had no idea that this was happening. And the first gin story was the last thing we recorded before COVID. Oh, wow. I didn't even put that together. I know. Feels like forever. Yeah. I, it's, it's funny. Gin have been coming up. Um, my friend Vincent Marconi, who's, who's an amazing artist and does a lot of really like um, amazing, creepy, spooky, gorgeous artwork, um, which you can look up. I think it's at the art of my pet skeleton. He's great. Uh, but we were talking, he had just recently listened to the gin episode and he was talking about this uh, piece of artwork that he did that was inspired by gin and a friend of his who um, was of Middle Eastern background. And we were, and we were kind of talking about this like overlap of like queerness and gins um, in in Neil Gaiman's uh, oh, what's it called? American Gods. There's mm-hmm. like a scene, and then I guess it's like a pretty significant subplot in the series about like uh, an American gay Middle Easterner who notices that his cab driver has like fiery eyes and like realizes he's a djinn and they like build up a relationship and fall in love. And there's like this very, <laughs> there's this very um, soft core gay sex scene between the two of them, which is great and like very campy and bizarre. Cause it's like a gay sex scene, but one of the characters eyes is on fire. <laughs> yes. But right. it does. It's funny. Cause like the, a thing that seems to be uh, a big part of Jin is this like unattainability of them, like a uh-huh. desire you have that just can't be fulfilled. Like it just, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not supposed to be, you know, it's yeah, like the not love in the is natural possible, order. But the, the togetherness is not. Right. Right. Which is really, which is really fascinating to me. And that there are these like love stories between human beings and Jin's. Um, it's really, is really compelling to me. <laughs> That's good. I'm sorry. I just realized that Lady Bird has been sitting staring at Jason who's on the patio through the sliding glass door. Uh-huh. And Jason sent me a picture of what she looks like through the door. And she looks like a ghost. <laughs> Lady Bird, I would love to see um, Lady Bird in the style of a Stephen Gamble illustration. Oh, no. That would make me love her less. Oh, really? <laughs> 
or not less, but differently. I just, she's just so pure and round and triangly. And That's I, true. I don't want to see her with roots dripping off of her. Wow. He okay. Her as like a skull with eight legs and like rib. And This picture, Anna, looks like Lady Bird is starring in a community theater production of Rebecca. Yes. Um, yes. There's a lot of like latently gay 40s intrigue in this picture. Right. Grayscale, longing, looking out a window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. I love this picture. <laughs> we might have to we might have to post this. I think we will. I can post both sides of it. I'll post Ladybird sitting. I thought she desperately wanted she wants to be near Jason. Yes. Um Jason has a way with dogs. It our dogs are in love with him. And yeah. at first, uh, our friends, Billy and Liz, uh, uh, have a sweet angel dog, Abby, who at first was afraid of Jason, which was very upsetting. Yes. Um, because of insert reasons here, sad past with dog. Uh, but now Abby is fully sexually in love with Jason. It's it's uncomfortable. I mean, even over video, it's clear it, something happens to Abby when she, she hears, hears his, voice. his voice and goes yeah. insane. Um, yeah, but we, I mean, we on this podcast love a ghostly dog. So I'm, feel free to send us pictures of your ghostly dogs. We'd love that. You actually are required to, and then maybe we'll have a corner where we describe dog pictures, which I oh, think that's our, really our indoor kid fans will really appreciate. Um, Ayan, thank you so much for sending in this extra story. We really love this. The queen of the world, <laughs> out of our hearts. And this might be a good time, Anna. We've been tinkering around with this idea of a new segment of the podcast um, where it's an advice column. If you send us what if, – if you want our spooky advice about things, like if you're experiencing something supernatural or you have night terrors or something like that. And what are we, what are we landing on, Anna? We were like trying to think I, of a pun for Dear Abby. Yeah, so uh, – I will also throw it out there for listeners. You can email us either advice questions about scary things mm-hmm. um, or um, suggestions for the name of the segment. That's that's a great idea. Because between Andrew and I, I think we no one is more, better equipped to think of a name for the segment, but it's all about community. Exactly. And we, we want – we're building this thing with you. So we love a recommendation. Uh, and you all have proven that you've got really great senses of humor because all these, almost all these stories have elements that make us laugh very hard. Yes. Yes. We need this. <laughs> uh, Anna, I've, I've said two scary things that happened to me this week. So I'm, I yield my time. Uh, <laughs> I yield my time. Thank you. <laughs> Has uh, something scary happened to you this week? Um, something scary happened to me this week. Uh, <laughs> Yes. Um, there's a, it's dog related, which is, will shock no one. Um, two things. One, uh, by now, I think most people on this planet are aware that um, Idlewild, California has a dog mare who's a golden retriever named Mare Max. Um, we all know this. Yes. Everyone knows this. Um, there are certain places that have a, that I guess are not official towns that then will have a quote unquote dog mare. And then it's like supposed to be like a fun thing and maybe raise money for animal rescues or maybe just not. But, um, anyway, so Mare Max, he is a, uh, sounds a lot like Miramax, which is. I know that's hard. I was just thinking that. Mayor, Mayor Max. Mayor Max. Um, he wears a, um, sort of a, a suede, somewhere between a cowboy hat and a fedora and then a plaid tie, sort of like a Tom tire. Um, <laughs> and he has a calendar that has way too many poems in it. 
and just general information about Mayor Max and people um, taking pictures with him. And I don't love it, but I, it's a lot. But um, the scary thing in here, he's got two deputy mayors named Mikey and Mitzi. Good Lord. And they're, you guessed it, also golden retrievers. Um, and I guess the thing that scared me is that Mayor Max is in a romantic relationship with Deputy Mayor Mitzi. Um, and uh, in this calendar, which is a free PDF, um, there is a poem oh boy. that Mayor Max has written to Mitzi, which I think Mitzi and Mikey are siblings. So okay, they're not. Okay. You can't. Right. Important. To um, and I, uh, I, I guess I'll read it. Um, so this is, this is in between April, 2020 and May, 2020, which does feel like the right place for like a dog poem, <laughs> the amount of chaos between that time. Um, okay. Uh, it's me, Mayor Max. Did you know that all we mayors and Phyllis have this wonderful fantasy that deputy mayor Mitzi and I, Mayor Max would get married and have 11 puppies or adopt 11 puppies. Question mark, exclamation point. What? Phyllis would keep them all. Phyllis is his owner. Then she would have a custom-made van that holds all of us, now 14 dogs, with seven portals on each side so that all of we golden retrievers can stick our heads out our portals and then <sighs> pet all 14 of us by walking down each side of the van. It's spelled portal like a, a, a wizardy sort of dimension door, not oh. like portals. Is it like uh, portal, P-O-R-D-L-E? P-O-R-T-A-L-S. I think that's the, yeah, yeah, oh, right. That's the, yeah, you're correct. That's, that's a portal one. that's like a swirling mist, not yes. a portal. But um, uh, Phyllis thinks about this so much, she can imagine it perfectly. She can visualize how much fun people would have petting all these dogs. She can imagine it so well that it's like she can experience it, even though we all know that this fantasy will remain just that. But in our minds, we hold this loving idea close to our hearts. We want to share the idea with you so that you can enjoy the idea as much as we do. And then following that is a poem called My Love for You and Dear Sweet Mitzi. <sighs> I'm on the snout looking for you. I want to kiss you. Yes, I do. Thank you for being my dear friend. I want to be with you again and again. We should go eat pizza a lot right now. It really is the best type of chow. Then off to the DQ. We should go. Another great place, as we all know. Have a great Saturday. I plan to kiss Mitzi, then go out and play. I would love to marry her and have kids, you see. So the mayor's office would have progeny. Oh, God. Perhaps it could happen in another life. Yes, Mitzi would make a lovely wife. Mikey could be our best man. I'm sure he would eat all the cake as fast as he can. I think we should have kids. About 11. Yes, that would be a slice of heaven. Phyllis would keep every single one. For her, that would be so much fun. But not so much. For dear sweet Glenny, he said we would have to spend every single penny. I guess Glenny is her husband. So this will remain a pleasant fantasy to hold in our hearts for eternity. I love you with all my heart, dear friend. Love always, Miramax, with the 11 puppy fantasy facts. I This is what the Zodiac Killer wrote <laughs> seconds before he killed those poor two people in the park. I And <laughs> something about this build, and I love dogs, I love a golden retriever, something about this built a sense of dread in my core <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It doesn't it doesn't think that it's scary and yet it's the most chilling. It first of all is the longest poem in the entire world. I, I thought we were good. I thought it, I fully Anna would not have been surprised if this had taken hours to read and was like paradise lost. <laughs> <laughs> like, we have another speaker come up and say <laughs> Anna, this is something is wrong. Uh, his two chiefs of staff are Phyllis Mueller and Glenn Warren. Um, so call them and ask about. Yeah. 
I this if if we can collectively as a as an American society agree to have dog mirrors, everyone needs to wear a mask. If we can do that, we can do this. Okay, everybody, we need wear to. a mask. The the calendar also includes Ma- um, Phyllis's um, cell phone number. And she no, call her to arrange a meeting with Mayor Max. Um, ay, ay, ay. But this. Uh, it's just, uh, oh, the thing that scares me the most is that um, Mayor Max is in a relationship with his deputy mayor, which I don't think is... Uh, and to have, a, to have a progeny of mayors feels like a totalitarian nightmare. <laughs> you know they'd all be so bad at their jobs. Oh, of course. Some rich dog's rich kid. <laughs> Anna, well, thank you so much for sharing that. The fact that someone's brain works this way. I don't like thinking about dogs fantasizing about having kids. I don't know why that. I, it creeps me out. I guess it sort of makes sense. It's not something I've thought deeply about, but that is what they, they want. I know. It, but I don't like thinking about – I don't like thinking of dogs thinking of it as like, well, my office will have a progeny. Like I don't like that element. <laughs> it would be so much easier for peaceful transfers as a power for what I thought. <laughs> I suppose there could be some cats who pitch my pit my children against each other. <laughs> oh no! Wow. wow. Yeah, that's um. We're not going to top that. We're not, and that's it. Um, thank you all for for listening. Um, just Google Mayor Max Idlewild. Um, yes, and you'll find this calendar, which is free. Um, and um, oh yeah, and again, we're at the end of Pride Month. Anna and I uh want to continue to let you guys know about the Okra Project, um, which we're donating to. We recommend you donate to it too. Uh, we'll put the link in the description of the episode, uh, so you can figure out how to help and donate and learn more about it. Yes, and they are a part of a um their donation service or whatever platform they're using to accept donations is also working with a lot of great organizations um, who also look after black and trans friends. Um, So if you want to spread the love around, that will be right at the bottom of the page. We'd love it. This has been so much fun. I really love getting these stories. I do too. Thank you so much for calling in via email. (laughs) Yes. Um, Uh, yeah, please keep sending them. Um, and if you are a ghost, again, we are here. We're here. Yeah. We're ready to talk. Let us know. Um, and one other thing you can do for us, get, get out. out forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Dog. Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original Dog. podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com. And subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.